This is the 76th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Hunter Biden, Hawaii fires, and a viral video Fox ignored. The city of Montgomery, Alabama is on edge after a large chaotic brawl broke out there over the weekend that seemed to divide along racial lines. As John Yang reports, the altercation has the attention of Americans nationwide. On the, the incident occurred Saturday evening at Montgomery's Riverfront Park along the Alabama River. A city riverboat was returning from a two-hour cruise and a private pontoon boat was blocking the dock. Police said the riverboat crew repeatedly used a loudspeaker to ask the men to move the pontoon boat. Eventually, a co-captain took a small boat to the dock and tried to move it himself. Videos of what happened next have gone viral on social media. The group from the pontoon confronts the co-captain. Words are exchanged. One of the men from the pontoon throws a punch, and the brawl begins. Several men are seen beating and kicking the co-captain. More and more bystanders join in, and the police had to be called to break it up. So far, three men from the pontoon have been charged with assault, and police say they're still investigating. So that clip is from the PBS NewsHour. And I included it because they were discussing this fight that happened in Montgomery, Alabama. And a video of it, actually there were several videos of it from several different angles, went incredibly viral all over the Internet. Uh, last week and people made remixes of it they added music to it there was memes that came out of it that were very very funny and I'll describe what happened it starts off rather dark so uh, this is I'm probably not using the correct maritime um, term but these there was a group of white folks who appeared intoxicated they're in swim trunks they're sunburned they have a pontoon boat that they have parked. I don't know if that's the correct term, but they've parked their boat on a dock that's been that's being used by commercial river boats, like a large paddle boat that's meant for tourists. And I'm sure that these companies pay money to put their boats in the exact same spot every time because they have to unload and load people off of them. Now, these white folks that, again, appeared intoxicated, took a pontoon boat and just roped it to the section and just wouldn't move and they had been told several times to move their boat there was an announcer a captain of the riverboat saying you got to move that boat you got to move that boat the co-captain came up to them and was like you got to move that boat and he was a, a large black man he started to untether their boat to kind of push it out for the dock because this has been going on for a while and these people just refused to move their boat now the white folks who again looked drunk and were sunburned which is a sign that they weren't really with it i'm just gonna say this as a very pale person myself um that they weren't they were probably drunk they uh start antagonizing this co-captain and they start swinging punches at him and before you know it there's a group of white men all ganging up and beating this unarmed black man who was just doing his job now this is broad daylight there are dozens of witnesses most of whom are black so what happens is the first kind of triumphant moment is you see black men running over there immediately to come to this man's aid. A teenager dives into the river, swims across. It's not that far to, to help out this man, which is like, whoa. And then like the Avengers, 
um, all these black men and then some black women, because there were women involved in this, the group of white people, rush over to save this black man. And like a cartoon, the women are like kind of tussling with the other women. The black men show up and are like, we're not having this. And they start throwing the white guys around. Somebody shows up with a plastic chair right out of like professional wrestling and starts whacking people over the head with it. But again, it doesn't look like anybody's being seriously injured. People are just falling. It's like comical. This, this, this fight is hilarious. It doesn't look very serious. I'm not one that advocates for violence, but this was funny. The police showed up right away and the white people were arrested pretty much immediately. Now, PBS featured the mayor from Montgomery who talked about this at length for six and a half minutes. He mentioned that the white agitators were not from Montgomery. Um, the chief of police was also black who also spoke about it, although not on PBS. Now, Brett Baer did a two-minute segment on it. I don't cover Brett Baer. I just knew that he was covering this, so I, I, I decided to grab it, and I did post it on Twitter. Now, I kept waiting for one of the shows that I do actually cover on Fox to at least mention this, because this was huge, and if PBS is covering it, a viral video, this is very, very huge. I got cricket, nothing. However, on Monday... When everybody on Twitter was joking, like, how is Fox going to cover this? This is instead what Fox chose to cover. And I don't think this was an accident. Liberal mayors making excuses for the mayhem playing out in their cities. Thousands of teens rioting at a top tourist spot in New York City after an online influencer promised them free PlayStation 5s. Agitators shutting down traffic, smashing the windshields of cars. Others throwing smoke bombs and fireworks. Mayor Eric Adams taking some heat after appearing to give the young people involved a pass. We're further looking into whether there's some even outside agitators. You don't come to get free Game Boys and bring smoke bombs and bring M80s and bring other disruptive items. And so uh, we believe there were some outside influences that may have attempted to aggravate this situation. Now, very briefly, I'm going to describe the scene that they showed on, on air. The influencer was a black man. Uh, his fans were black teenagers. So about 2,000 black teenagers showed up to Union Square, which is a very popular park, for, actually for demonstrations and other things, in New York. And they acted a, a mess because they're teenagers and they were disappointed and there were smoke bombs, fireworks, some damage to cars, some tussling. Nobody got hurt. There's no weapons. Uh, nobody got shot or anything. It wasn't great. 60 people got arrested, including the person who agitated this. Um, but, you know, they were calling it a riot. I guess you could call it a riot. I didn't seem like a riot to me. Then Fox News plays this clip. The scene in New York was eerily similar to the looting of a gas station in Chicago by a mob of teens. But the city's Democratic mayor, Brandon Johnson, also seemed willing to make excuses. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. These large gatherings, these large gatherings, just hold on a second, y'all. I promise you, we have time to talk. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. This is not to obfuscate what is actually taking place. I mean, to refer to children as like baby Al Capones is not appropriate. Now, in both cases, in the influencer publicity stunt gone horribly, horribly wrong, and in the 7-Eleven robbery, um, they both involved black teenagers. However, I would say that those two events were not similar. 
because the first was a spontaneous event uh, where kids showed up expecting to get maybe a chance to win a gift card or a PlayStation 5, were horribly disappointed by a chaotic and disorganized, terribly planned event, and they acted up, as teenagers are wont to do. I don't care what color skin, how much melanin you have, teenage boys especially, if they show up to a sporting event or anything and, and something goes horribly wrong, they're going to act up. That's just what young teenage boys do. They're children. They're not adults. The second event was pre-planned and premeditated by a group of teenagers, and they robbed. They actually stole money, stole, stole goods from a store. I would say that those two events are not similar. What they had in common is that in both cases, black mayors of two democratically run cities spoke about the events and basically tried to say, these are kids. I can't get inside the heads of the producers at Fox News who decided to focus on these two stories instead of showing the viral video. It seemed odd that they didn't mention it at all on any of the shows I watched. Not even Fox and Friends did a 30 seconds. Nothing. Nothing. It just wasn't mentioned. So, uh, because in the Montgomery, Alabama story, it was a beautiful sight of black people finally saying, enough, you're not beating us. You're not beating us in the streets. We're not having this. Apparently, the white people were also hurling racial slurs at the co-captain as they beat him. And it was this kind of triumphant moment that also was kind of funny because, again, nobody was really seriously injured. And it was kind of fun to, to watch this because it was so nutty. And the, the comments and the angles and all of it were just very entertaining. Um, of course, Fox is going to show that because it shows black people in a triumphant, um, glorious moment where they finally overcome something that's happened to them for, you know, hundreds of years in this country and it was great to see no instead fox is going to show the same tired oh look at these black teenagers acting out um out of control and they equated kids showing up to a poorly um planned publicity event and getting upset about it to an organized robbery and it just come on now this next clip is by greg gutfeld commenting on it and he just adds to the pile in terms of this, these large gatherings, um, generally when you see a group, you see, oh my God, it's a group of black kids. That's what you see. And then the next, what would that sound like to you when somebody says, oh, look at all these black kids? Generally, it's a liberal because the second step is they make excuses for the group. Oh, it's from somewhere else. Oh, it's because of parenting. Um, given the circumstances, this is the behavior one would expect from a group of black teens. Who is the racist in that? It's them. It's the liberals who constantly make excuses for large groups of kids creating problems, whether it's looting, whether it's this stuff. I don't even, you know, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. All I know is we have to start dealing with people not as groups, but as individuals, mm -hmm. right? January 6th, that was a mob. Some people were good. Some people were nuts. In this case, I'm sure there's good kids in there. There's bad kids in there. We have to start dealing people dealing with people on individual merits rather than looking at them as a group. Because the moment you look at a group, you make the excuses for the group. And I think that's what you're seeing with Mayor Adams and the other mayors as they see a group and they make excuses. Why don't you talk about the individuals? Okay, that's ridiculous for so many reasons. For starters, Fox didn't show them as individuals. Fox showed them as a group. And there was 2,000 teenagers that showed up at the Union Square event. We're not going to interview 2,000 people now, are we? And the second event looked about maybe 40, 50 kids that showed up at a 7-Eleven. Again, wasn't related and was an actual crime. Not the same things, yet Fox stuck them together. I would love to take Greg Gutfeld 
to southern Missouri in an economic blighted area where everybody is white and folks go on float trips. And there's a lot of methamphetamines and all kinds of horrible things that go on in a poor economically blighted area where you wouldn't see any melanin on anybody for miles. Uh, where half the population is on some form of government aid, there's no jobs, it's just so much a misery, crime, and chaos. You know, but hey, we'd, we'd rather just focus on urban areas and blame Democrats for everything. But uh, yeah, I feel very strongly about this because I come from a blue-collar area outside of St. Louis, and I know exactly... I, yeah. Anyway, good old boys will do lots of crazy things, too. If you if basically if you said I'm giving away a truck um, in southern Missouri on some talk radio station, you may not get 2000 people because, again, the population density is, is much lower. But, yeah, I have no doubt that some uh, teenage boys would act a fool if the truck giveaway was handled horribly. Now, really quickly, since I'm 13 and a half minutes into this podcast, I should give a shout out to my sponsor. And I have a very exciting news today. I have to make this very quick because there's a lot to cover. And I'm still working on the reaction of Fox had to the fourth indictment of Donald J. Trump. I, ah, oh, that happened right as I was finishing this up. So it's nuts for me. I'm nuts. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not sleeping this week. But anyway, very briefly... I no longer have a sponsor. You are my sponsor. Listeners of this podcast, readers of my newsletter, 100% are the reason why Decoding Fox News exists. My grant ended officially on Sunday, and I just want to thank anyone who's become a paid subscriber to my Substack at Decoding Fox News, who's become a paid sponsor at Patreon. Thank you so much. You can also, sometimes people just give me donations uh, via Twitter. There's a little dollar sign next to my name. Um, I'm going on a conference uh, next week, partly due to a surge of followers I got after Greg Gutfeld decided to attack me on Twitter. So thank you, Greg Gutfeld, indirectly. Um, Very funny how that worked out. Um, But anyway, I can't waste too much time. But again, we are one, we, we, I'm the only person who works on this, but you are part of it. So I say we, we are 100% reader listener supported that is so exciting so um next up it was hunter 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 all the time it was the number one topic again on fox i cannot take it anymore i'm breaking ha 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 anyway the news that set everybody over the edge was that david weiss who is the a u.s attorney who's been investigating from delaware who's been investigating hunter biden for years now that's that process started during the trump administration which everybody on Fox conveniently forgets. Um, he has now been named special counsel to continue continue to investigate Hunter Biden in a story that will not end. And everyone at Fox lost their minds, even though several Fox uh, news hosts said that they wanted a special counsel. So this doesn't make sense, but this is what Fox does to me and their viewers. They don't make sense. So let's start it off with Lawrence Jones, who was subbing on the five. Oh, it also was admitted to under oath. The prosecution, as well as defense, when the, the court asked, was there any precedent for this deal? They t- both told the court there was no precedent for this deal. Um, Democrats cried when Republicans and people that are civil libertarians said, this is not fair. This is simply not fair. When you have Willow Wayne's attorney, Kodak Black, Democrats said, 
Republicans are just making a big deal about this. The court asked them under oath, and the prosecution said, that we, have, we have nothing. So that, that's why the, why the deal was destroyed. So what we can expect is this right. case to continue to unravel, not because Weiss is some ethical man. It's because Weiss' deal got blown up before the courts. But the Democrats can save themselves here, because this is unraveling before the American people. There's one way to do this. Either Joe Biden can resign right now, give Kamala Harris the presidency, and then they can have Gavin Newsom run for office. But the idea that this is over right. now, this is just beginning now. They could have just conceded. Let's, they have talked about unfair justice under law all, for years. And all of a sudden, when their guy is elected, and as it starts to unravel, they don't want equal justice under the law. I right. just think it's shameful. I pulled that clip because it's so comical for so many reasons. Like, Lawrence Jones just demands that Biden should resign, even though they've still not found any evidence that Biden was working with his son and there was any financial crimes there. They, they have not found any actual concrete evidence of money being exchanged and going to President Biden. No, they haven't, no matter how many times they insist they have. Then he brings up this whole... Kamala Harris will be president, but then she'll go away and Gavin Newsom will run and then he'll be the president. They've been pushing that for months on Fox, which is nutty. They claim that every Democrat hates Vice President Harris and they don't want her to even be involved anymore. She should go back and be the senator. They actually said that. And then they were like, and Gavin Newsom is the, you know, assumed person who's going to take the mantle and run for president and win. And I, what? Okay, great. Good for you, uh, Lawrence Jones. Very briefly, he brings up Kodak Black, who he's trying to compare him like, oh, he went to prison for gun charges because he lied on a form. Yeah, and he had all these violent prior offenses, including sexual battery at the time that he was sentenced for the gun charge. So you can't compare him. It's terrible to compare him to Hunter Biden. I just wanted to point that out. But next up we have, uh, this is Jessica Tarloff. That was from Friday, Lawrence Jones. This is from slightly earlier in the week. But I wanted to show just how she tries desperately to get out some information and her co-workers will just barely let her speak. Now, she's talking about Devin Archer. Devin Archer was convicted of a crime that actually has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. He was selling bonds. They were not legitimate to a Native American tribe. Got busted for it. A bunch of people got busted for it. They all, most of them pled guilty to get a better deal. Devin Archer paid millions of dollars to the federal government and to the Native American tribe, at least he's supposed to. Um, none of these people turned evidence on Hunter Biden, which you'd think they would, because they'd probably get a better deal. So the that DOJ charging document is available for anybody to read online. Devin Archer, you can look it up. And again, if all these people had dirt on Hunter, you'd think they'd turn it in at that point to, get, to save themselves. But they didn't. So Devin Archer uh, spoke in front of the... Congressional Oversight Committee. Uh, he mentioned that over the course of a decade, Biden called into business meetings 20 times, so it's twice a year, and basically said, hey, son, what's up? And it was like Hunter Biden's little trick to like, look at me, I'm related to the president. But apparently no business was discussed. Anyway, Tarloff discusses this and her co-workers shout over her. The testimony, and he wasn't under oath, but he still wasn't allowed to lie to them. Um, was terrible for the Republicans. Jim Comer didn't even show up to think, well, let's use real words then instead of laughing or saying, come on. He was asked, if someone concluded from the 1023 form that you all think is so important that Joe Biden was bribed, would you disagree with that? Yeah, I would. Devin Archer said that. What does he know about that? Yeah. How well, does then, he know? then he doesn't matter.
then Devin Archer is either the no. crux of the puzzle that shows that this is a mob family, or he doesn't matter. No, it he matters said when that he's Victor... in the middle of it. If he's in the middle of a dinner, then it matters. If it's something that he's not there, then it doesn't matter. Okay. Victor Shokin was not good for Burisma, as I've been telling you, as has been widely reported, as the entire Why? Western world... Why? Because he wasn't investigating yes, the corruption. Yes, he was. No, that, he wasn't. He was seizing their cars. Well, well, guys, then what was he doing? What was Shokin I'm doing? I'm so glad that you're back. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> did Hunter ever ask Joe to take any official actions? Huh, Devin Archer, he did not. Pretty How clear language. They talk on the phone every day. Oh, also the calls, which there are 20 calls um, over the course of a decade. He said weren't just the weather. He said they did talk about family. That was and a fishing. wink and a nod. Did you see the interview? He goes, There's a yeah, new yeah. We talked about the weather. You guys will say anything. No, that's okay. what he said. There's a new oversight menu, uh, menu memo that's out today, which again does not explain what services were provided exactly. by the Biden. Exactly. They didn't have any services. <laughs> Why is he getting the money? Then what did they do? Exactly. Oh, we're asking the same oh, question. No, no, they There's no. They, they fired the prosecutor. They we got the Chinese kid into school. And I should have said this last week. The IMF, which you said we run, stands for the International We Monetary. fund the IMF. Everybody it's our rich people. the IMF. It's our rich guys trying Greg, to get the prosecutor away from ahead. a company that we want to do business with. Quiet on my boat. Well, it's over. So that's a typical segment on The Five that features the brilliant Jessica Tarloff, the liberal on the show. Now, they just shouted over her. She made some very good points that Devin Archer basically didn't give them the smoking gun they expected. I also want to point out that the IMF threatened to withdraw $40 billion worth of loans over Shokin. So it's a little bit heavier than uh, just they were angry with him. The EU was against Shokin. Several anti-corruption advocates in Ukraine also wanted him out. This was a big, because he didn't do anything. He didn't investigate corruption. He was corrupt himself, and that's why they wanted to get rid of him. So I also want to add that in Hunter's memoir, which I've read, um, he mentions that part of the reason why Burisma wanted to work with Hunter Biden and wanted his name on the board is they knew it would drive the Russians crazy. So this was way before, this is back when Russia invaded Crimea, 2014. And they were, of course, since the end of the Soviet Union, they've been trying to dominate and control Ukraine. And one of those sectors would be natural gas, which is what Burisma worked in. And Russia only has oil and natural gas. It's the biggest point of leverage that the country has. So, of course, they wanted to, to dominate and control Burisma. And it would annoy the heck out of him that the vice president's son um, was on the board. That's just a little layer that doesn't really get mentioned in the press much. Um, I also think that a lot of the nonsense that the FBI picked up on these rumors about bribes and, and whatnot, that they can't verify any of it, might just be simply Russian propaganda. Shocking that I would say that, but I... I believe it. Russia, 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 Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Now, this is Judge Jeanine Pirro talking about the David Weiss appointment as special counsel. So now they can't comment on a pending investigation. Now the statute of limitations has run on the most serious crimes. Now there is no explanation to Joe Biden's immense wealth. The man is in government his whole life. His wife's a school teacher. Give me a break. And Weiss is going to issue a report that says, Joe Biden, I've investigated him, and he's clean. 
And there's no question right now that Weiss is going to begin this investigation, cover for the Bidens, and say it's all been handled. Now it's time for the Republicans to move to impeach Joe Biden. Again, several people on this network have been screaming for a special counsel uh, in regards to Hunter Biden, and they finally get it, and they're still mad. You will never please them. They will just keep moving the goalposts. Now, this next clip is Katie Pavlich, who was subbing on The Five. So who's, here's a new category for the Decoding Fox News podcast. This one was perfect for it, and here's the new category. You! You're making things up! Knock it off! Well, the appointment of David Weiss as special counsel is a total joke when it comes to credibility of this process. I mean, this is the guy, as the judge laid out, who decided that they were going to do this unprecedented plea deal, whether it was the misdemeanor charges after five years of investigation, the lack of fair charges, or the diversion program for a gun charge, which would be a felony and many years in prison for any regular person, especially if you then threw the illegally possessed gun into a trash can next to a school as Joe Biden and his girlfriend at the time did. Now, part of this new category is I'm going to say, listeners, what part of that statement did Katie Pavlich just completely make up? And I'm going to go back to that voice. I got to pull away from the mic when I do this because it's very loud. What part of that statement is she just inventing? What part is she just making up? Listen, people, I've lived in New York for 22 years. I've picked up some accents. I should say dialect because that's technically what this is, but nobody uses the term dialect anymore. So I just say accent because otherwise I confuse people. I used to work for a woman who had this voice. Okay, what part is she making up? What part is she making up? Here's the story of Hunter Biden's gun. Hunter Biden in the throes of drug addiction, crack cocaine, mostly and alcohol, thinks it's a good idea to purchase a handgun. So he goes and purchases a handgun. He lies on the form, says he's not abusing drugs. His girlfriend at the time, which was his brother's widow, creepy, true, addicts do nutty things, make a lot of poor choices. This was one of them. She finds the gun is like, he's going to kill himself or kill somebody else. I'm getting rid of this. He didn't even have it two weeks. She throws it in a dumpster. She tells him or he finds out. That's it. Joe Biden had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Nothing. He didn't show up with the widow and said, hey, let's go throw that gun out in the dumpster. Heck no. Joe Biden had nothing to do with it. So that's the part that uh, Katie Pavlich just made up. Now, this next clip is from Fox and Friends. And a lot of people have, have surmised that this might not be a spontaneous thing, that management at Fox is telling Steve Ducey to sort of play the outside man and make questions and challenge. It might be because of the Dominion lawsuit. It might be because they're just hedging their bets. I don't know, but I love these clips because they're fun to watch. So this is Steve Ducey getting into it with Brian Kilmeade and Ansley Earnhardt also sort of injects herself a little bit into this. And they're fighting over Hunter Biden. But I, you know what? With all due respect, the Republicans need better investigators because they've got a lot of circumstantial evidence, but they have not shown that Joe Biden profited personally oh, they're doing or great. that he broke any rules. I John vehemently Sal disagree. Ryan, it's all circumstantial. This is, okay, un, this is so... No, no, let me finish. This let is me funneling, finish. But this is, but this is funneling right to him right. at a rapid pace. They've had, they've had this job for about eight months. What was funnel, what's funneling in it? Him? Everything is, is, is fun, money funneling it. Is Joe involved? Is Joe's, pre is Joe's presence involved in every major business deal that Hunter was involved right. in? As Andy McCarthy said, 
said Joe was the business, he had the access. Right. Hunter didn't. So Hunter Brian, didn't what, have the reputation, it's leading right there. Brian, what laws did Joe Biden break? If the American people knew. Just answer the question, what, would, what law did he break? Number one, the investigation is not done. That's but my right point. Now, the that's that's but my need, point, Brian. They need better investigators. So do you, do you not want to hear any reporting oh, no, until no, it's right, done? Right, right, or do you so want to see the 19-page memo that leads to bank no, records? No, no, Miranda Devine started this. Then John Solomon's been all over this. Uh, Comer, right. the House Republicans have been all over it. They're gathering all, all of the facts. And all the facts are right. pointing to the fact that Hunter Biden was using his dad's influence to make millions of dollars for the family, they just and then don't have the he smoking was paying gun all the bills. Oh, this, is, this is red. This is, this is a beginning. raging uh, okay, fire. Okay, okay. I've got a solution. I've this, got a solution. This is what I was leading up to in talking about. They've got all this circumstantial evidence that points toward. Look, it, it looks bad for for the Bidens. It looks bad and for Joe. Here's what here's what they do. Call. It's hard to subpoena a president of the United States because of separation of powers in front of the House. Subpoena Hunter Biden. Uh, but, and don't do one of these closed door depots. People need to see this televised. You need to see him answer the questions. And if he says something that disqualifies Joe Biden, you know what? The Democrats would have time to replace him on the ticket. Steve, right. the hard part is for Americans is we're watching this family get away with so much. Well, we don't know so what they've gotten away with. that's why Americans believe there is a smoking gun. There is something that they're going to right. reveal. Have they done that yet? Maybe not. They're Maybe there. That's it's kind of amazing projection, really, because, you know, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner both profited to the tune of like hundreds of millions of dollars when they were in the actual White House working when they shouldn't have been because of anti-nepotism laws. Jared Kushner was personally bailed out by the actual Qatar government over a terrible real estate deal that he had made. They bailed him out. And then after they left off, after Trump left office, Jared Kushner was given $2 billion by the Saudi royal family for his goofy um, hedge fund. And he has, he has no training in how to run a, run a financial fund or anything like that. He's a real estate guy. So that was completely, just blatantly right out in the open. And then if Trump, of course, had all his resorts and he had his hotel and uh, in D.C. and foreign dignitaries would come to the U.S. and they would buy you know, let's a whole entire floor of rooms and maybe not even stay in them. And then he was doing all this grift with the Secret Service at his various resorts, like overcharging everybody and then having all these crazy meetings on his personal property and directly profiting from it. But we're not going to mention any of that. No, 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 no. We're going to take a bit of an email on a laptop and then we're going to take a fragment from a WhatsApp and then a voicemail and try to put it all together and say that's a financial crime. That's what they've been doing for years now with Hunter Biden, and they still don't have anything. Now, I have a couple more clips I want to get to, um, and I don't want to waste too much time. There was a horrible tragedy in Maui um, involving wildfires that just devastated that island and that community there. Um, there are countless dead. There's like about 1,000 people still missing. Who knows if they're going to find them? It's just an absolute nightmare situation. Uh, Fox has largely ignored climate-related catastrophes that have happened all over the world the entire summer. They downplayed the wildfires in Canada. They didn't even mention the wildfires that have ravaged the Mediterranean area in multiple countries, in Portugal, in Greece, in um, Algeria. I believe it's Algeria. I might be getting the, the country wrong, but it's an entire Mediterranean area 
both in Europe and in Northern Africa, has been ravaged with wildfires. There's been extreme flooding in Scandinavia, in, there's been extreme flooding in Asia, in China, in Pakistan, of course, devastating floods. Fox doesn't mention those. Uh, they tried, they did something very, very dark here. And that on the far right, conspiracy theorists and extremists immediately tried to weave in a false narrative about the fires in Maui. They were intentionally set, somehow it was a government action, somehow it was some sort of, you know, covert, horrible action to evoke some type of change in Hawaii. They didn't quite explain it. And all this nonsense popped up on Twitter and popped up on the internet almost immediately. Fox News didn't quite come out and endorse any of these goofy conspiracy theories, but they gave them a wink and a nod. And this first clip is Greg Gutfeld from The Five, and the second clip is going to be Jesse Waters from Jesse Waters Primetime. Uh, the variables of a very dry uh, summer and these strong winds uh, created this devastation. But how did yeah. it start? I mean, what are the... Usually these things are man-caused. Uh, there could have been volcanic activity, but do they have any idea? Right now, we don't know what caused these fires. Uh, this is not necessarily a volcanic island. Uh, it is a part of a volcanic chain, uh, but there aren't any active volcanoes here. So right now, we're going to have to wait for word on officials on why these fires started. Question because so what it seems like is happening in that clip there is the Fox News correspondent who is reporting from Hawaii basically says, no, it's not volcanic um, activity. There's no volcanoes here. That's not what caused this. Uh, and then Greg Gutfeld does bring up the term man-made, basically, and that's a little suspect. Now, this could that could have been completely innocent. I don't know what happened there, but again, because I was seeing all this activity on the far right, I questioned it. Now, here we go to Jesse Waters, and he led with, before he got to the segment, oh, we're going to discuss what caused these fires, who caused these fires. And again, as if it's one single source, not a naturally occurring event because of extreme changes in our climate. So he's like halfway there in this clip. He, he mentions some things that other experts have said, yes, definitely contributed to this, but then he kind of wavers off. Comes what started the fires. Well, there's a few factors in play. First, there's Hurricane Dora hurling 60 mile an hour winds across the island, pushing the flames deeper into Hawaii that fed the fire, but we don't know if it started it. This is an interesting thing, though. Was it the fact that the island was also in the midst of a crippling drought? It's dry season there. That also could have triggered it. But residents have also planted a significant amount of fire-prone grass and shrubbery. These non-native grasses are highly flammable. They've been introduced into Hawaii from out of state. Wealthy builders. Landscaping demands imported drier greenery that sparks more easily. And what about the possibility that this was man-made? 85% of wildfires in the United States are caused by negligence, like campfires, cigarette butts, and of course, arson. And there's been a rash of arson in Hawaii over the last two years. Could have been a combination of factors. High winds could have knocked down the power lines. A lit cigar in non-native grass? Anything's possible. And we'll update you as soon as we know more. But so there is some truth to the non-native grasses and plants that don't hold water as well as the native plants and that is part of the part of the puzzle however most experts are just saying 100 percent climate change because the drought was drier than it normally is the winds of the hurricane stronger than they normally were 
All of these things are part of climate change. And again, these wildfires are happening all over the world this summer, all over the world, in areas where they don't normally happen. So to just act as if that the, oh, it was arson is you're just, again, just Fox doesn't want to come out and admit that climate change is a real problem. Now, um, and they're feeding into this horrible nonsense in the far right, which just makes me disgusted. So next up, this is a bonus um, clip that I included because I thought it was funny. I, I couldn't include it in the newsletter. I have a great uh, hyperlink in the newsletter. It goes to the New York Times. It explains the climate change link in Hawaii that's quite good. If you want to check it out, highly recommend it. So this next clip is just more begging Trump to debate. Um, I personally get a kick out of this. I don't know if anybody else does. But uh, I think this is just going to get louder and louder. The crowd was mixed on whether he should can, uh, mm -hmm. debate or not. Right. People mm -hmm. want to see Trump debate. Number one, it's extremely entertaining and it's good. And what I did recently is watch back the debate with Joe Biden, where I thought he didn't do well. The more I realized he actually did well much better than uh, than you would think. Well, I think if if Donald Trump is polling the audience, saying, "Hey, do you think I should do that debate?" Because he was very clear, he was emphatic. Nope, I'm not going to do it because I'm way ahead. And we have heard him say that you know my advisors are telling me I shouldn't do it. Obviously, he's having second doubts about the advice he's getting from his advisors because if he's polling the audience and. I just don't see, okay, the debate's in two weeks here on Fox. I just don't see Donald Trump sitting at home watching along with 40 or 50 million other Americans when he sees Ron DeSantis in that center square. That would absolutely drive him crazy. Well, and, and don't you want him to do it? Because yeah, look, of I know course. he's angry at everything that, the, that he feels that this administration or the Democrats, the DOJ, have put him through. But don't take it out on the Republicans because Republicans want to see him up on stage. And don't take the voters for granted. Yes, right. he is ahead by a lot. But to see him up there on the stage would just be wonderful because we want to see how they interact. We want to hear their policies. That's how he became Donald Absolutely. Trump the first time. Uh, he, he made it entertaining. He blew everybody away at the he first and Fox how about Donald Trump has a really big lead. Yes, but guess who's now in second place? Um, Chris Christie Chris is in second with, place. Tied, tied with, with Ron DeSantis. Yeah, 9%. Yeah. But that's New Hampshire. Chris Christie is focused on New Hampshire the entire it's time. It's working. Yep. Right. It's, uh, working, it's working, but he's still in single digits. So I personally find those clips amusing because I think they're going to get even louder. I suspect there's going to be a few examples of that this week because Fox knows you're going to have one rating without Trump and you're going to have a much higher rating if Trump is included. And they know this. It's going to be a fairly boring event this this far out from the election if Trump is not there um, because you're going to have a bunch of weirdos. Nobody even knows who they are. Like, blah, blah, blah. My five-point plan. Anyway, I also want to take a note because this is was funny to me um in the longer clip that is an edited version um of several clips that i had to condense to get to the point um Ducey referred to a lectern as a podium now i'm going to accurately quote someone saying podium and there's this super annoying account on twitter that somehow is like a probably coding so whenever anybody brings up the term podium it corrects them and says lectern and I just, I will say this, people who correct stupid stuff on Twitter drive me to uh, just complete rage. <laughs> rage! Because I have to sit through hours of Fox every single week. I have to cut up clips, put them on Twitter. I have to, I have, there's five other accounts easily that do similar work. 
If I don't get it up quickly enough, they'll get it up and then nobody will watch my clips. And we do that all the time. I don't, I, I don't, it, they're doing their job too. They're wonderful. I love all the other accounts that, that cover Fox. A tip of the hat. But it's, it's a very, very difficult job. I don't sleep much. So when somebody comes at me over something that petty, I'm just like, you can just shut your mouth. <laughs> that account was promptly muted. I don't care. I won't apologize for it. Find a better way to spend your time. If you are spending your life dedicated to correcting lectern for podium, and I correctly quote somebody who used the term podium, I don't know what to tell you. I can't just infuse. Well, technically, technically, it's a lectern. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. My first name is supposed to be pronounced. I'll do it for you. I'll do Shakespeare teachers would always point this out to me in, in undergrad. Your name is supposed to be pronounced Juliet. Juliet, because an iambic pictometer. It's Juliet. The other spelling, the French spelling, is Juliet. So you're saying your name wrong. And I just turn to them and say, nobody gets it right anyway. I'm called Julia all day long, so just shove it. I didn't pick my name. My parents picked my name. I have no idea why I got the English spelling of Juliet. It's supposed to be pronounced Juliet. Nobody says it like that. Just deal with it. I'm sorry. Deal with it. Okay. The teacher I just imitated there is a real person. And she did sound like that. Her voice sounded like this and she taught voice speaking for the actor. Voice training. And yet, this is how she sounded. I guess she didn't listen to her own voice because it was crazy. But anyway, the reason why she used to crack me up is she would, other than correcting the pronunciation of my first name, she would say, Juliet! Juliet, you have a classic Chicago accent. Your nasality is perfect Chicago. I could use you as the example for the entire city. And I'd blink. I'd look at her and say, well, that's funny because I'm from St. Louis, which has a different accent, lady. I'll do it. Do it very quickly before we go into the next section. Here's my mom. Julie, I was just calling. Because your father was out in the backyard, and I don't know what he was doing. But I, I said, Julie, this is really, 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 really important, and I needed to call you. And I'm just, you know, we got to go on Highway Farty Far, and then I'm going to go do the wash. And, you know, maybe go down, maybe go down to the city and, you know, pick up something from Bush Stadium, because they're having a promotion. And you know the cards. Okay, so I know all of my St. Louis listeners will get a kick out of that one. Here we go. Stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare the hours I watch on Fox News to five hours of the PBS News Hour. The following is a list of stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Tao Tao, the last Minneapolis police officer convicted in state court for his role in the murder of George Floyd, was sentenced to 57 months in prison. He was found guilty in May of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. A video went viral last week, and this is, I described the Montgomery, Alabama brawl. PBS produced a six-and-a-half-minute segment about the fight, special report with Brett Baer, dedicated two minutes to the story. None of the opinion-based shows that I covered last week even mentioned it. The military junta that recently seized power in Niger has blocked the country's airspace, declaring any attempt to fly over the country would be met with an energetic and immediate response. 
The new leader rejected diplomacy from AU, that's the African Union, and ECOWAS, that is the Economic Community of West African Nations. But he welcomed support from Mali and Burkina Faso. Updates in the Ukraine war. Russia shelled a series of Ukrainian towns near the front line. Saudi Arabia hosted an international summit where around 40 nations, including the United States, Britain, and Germany, as well as India and a number of Middle Eastern nations, met to discuss the resolution of the conflict in Ukraine. Russia did not attend and rejected any calls for peace. An explosion occurred in a Russian factory that made parts for military night vision goggles. Investigators dismissed claims the explosion was caused by a drone attack. Ukraine denied any involvement. The Ukrainian government ordered the evacuation of 12,000 people in the eastern part of the country as Russian strikes increase in the area. Thousands of scouts were evacuated as the World Scout Jamboree in South Korea due to the risk of an approaching tropical storm. Over 40,000 scouts from 155 countries attended the event. Libyan authorities found the bodies of 27 sub-Saharan migrants in the western desert near the borders with Tunisia. Both Tunisia and Libya took back 276 migrants stranded in the area and brought them to shelters. PBS produced a segment about the strengths and weaknesses of the PACT Act, a law meant to help veterans who have developed health problems due to exposure to toxic chemicals. Although the VA has processed 458,659 PACT Act claims since August 10, 2022, some veterans with specific medical conditions are still left out. Heavy rains in Sweden caused mudslides, a train derailment, delayed air travel, and suspended ferries between Sweden and Denmark. In neighboring Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, the storm caused extensive damage and caused at least one death. In Norway, a dam broke, causing flooding that washed away homes. More than 1,400 people in 19 villages were evacuated in Portugal as wildfires engulfed thousands of hectares of forest near the southern town of Odimara. Thousands of Los Angeles City employees staged a 24-hour strike, demanding higher wages and alleging unfair labor practices. WGA and SAG-AFTRA joined Los Angeles hotel workers on their picket line. The Supreme Court paused a lower court's decision that invalidated the Biden administration's regulation of unregistered, unserialized, and privately made so-called ghost guns. PBS produced a segment about office-to-housing conversions in New York City. Office space is being converted to residential units in most major cities all over the world. Sea ice in the polar regions hit a record low, according to Frontiers in Environmental Science. This year's sea ice minimum is 20% lower than the average over the last 40 years. During a regional climate summit, leaders of eight South American countries pleaded with wealthy nations to help preserve the rainforests. PBS produced a segment about how Asian students are reacting to the end of affirmative action in higher education. The Biden administration issued an executive action meant to clamp down on U.S. investments in China for specific technologies of quantum computing, uh, AI, and semiconductors and microelectronics. PBS produced a segment about an investigation by the Washington Post that showed that doctors who promoted misinformation about COVID-19 faced few consequences. Craig Robertson, an armed man accused of making violent threats against President Biden and other politicians, was killed by FBI agents as they attempted to issue an arrest warrant at his home. An American nurse and her daughter were freed after nearly two weeks when they were kidnapped by a gang in Haiti. The pair, the pair were not harmed. Extreme storms in the first half of the year resulted in $34 billion in insurance losses, the highest ever in a six-month period. 
PBS produced a segment about how a more virulent strain of black lung is found in coal miners. The new form of the disease is due to changes in the mining industry. ProPublica published another article about the various billionaires and wealthy executives that gifted Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas with at least 38 luxury vacations and other expensive perks for the past three decades. The American leg of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour has caused an economic boost in every city she's performed in and in the overall U.S. economy. The tour could add up to $5 billion to the worldwide economy. Inflation rose by 3.2% last month, marking the first increase in over 12 months. The so-called Core Consumer Price Index, which excludes volatile fuel and food costs, rose 4.7% from a year ago. The CDC issued a report that showed a rise in suicide in 2022. The increase was highest among white men. Former President Donald J. Trump's valet, Walt Natura, pleaded not guilty to new charges in the criminal case against Trump, illegally holding on to classified documents. Another employee also faces charges. Carlos D. Alveria, Trump's property manager, had his arraignment postponed as he has not yet hired a lawyer. A study published in JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, found that alcohol-related deaths in women increased 14.7% in the past two decades. At least 20 Syrian soldiers were killed after ISIS ambushed a bus in the eastern part of the country. PBS produced an exclusive segment about Mahoum Habibi, an American Afghani businessman who's been held hostage by the Taliban in Afghanistan for over a year. His family decided to go public with the story in an attempt to advocate for his release. The U.N. successfully transferred about one million barrels of crude oil from an aging tanker off the coast of Yemen into a salvage vessel, averting a climate disaster. In the U.K., tens of thousands of young doctors walked off the job for another four-day stretch over demands for more pay. William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist and The French Connection, died at the age of 87. His career began in the 1960s, with his latest film scheduled to be released later this month. The French Connection earned five Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director. Robbie Robertson, Canadian singer, songwriter, and guitarist, best known for his work with the band, died at the age of 80. And those are all the stories that Fox News did not include that PBS did. A staggering amount. It's always like this pretty much every single week. So quickly, by the numbers, because we're running out of time, we're over time. Fox News, the top five topics from last week. 13% Hunter Biden, 8% Trump's indictment, that's the third indictment, mind you, wildfires in Hawaii, 7%, Afghanistan, second anniversary withdrawal, 7%, and 5%, which is general Biden bashing. PBS NewsHour, top five topics, Trump indictment, 9%, that was again the third indictment, 9%, wildfires in Hawaii, 7%, so perfectly equal with Fox, artist profile, which is a regular segment, 6%, Ukraine war, 5%, and Asian students and affirmative action was 4%. Uh, the words used on Fox, staggering, 381 for Biden, Trump, 218, Hunter, 93, Border, 86, Hawaii, 52, Crime, 45, Special Counsel, 44, China Chinese dropped all the way down to 40, RFK Jr., 27, Climate Change, 27, Inflation, 24, Indictment, 22, Obama, 15 times, because why not? DeSantis, only 10 times. Hillary, 7 times. AOC, 1. And the 
phrase heat wave was used zero. Coming up. So uh, the news about Trump's fourth indictment kind of happened last night late. Uh, Hannity went for two solid hours. Ingram didn't even mention it. Uh, Jesse Waters was like half and half. He was subbed by Pete Hegseth. It was really nutty. I'm still going through it. I'm going to, I decided to go ahead, publish this first. I'm going to pick up Ingram from tonight because I do want to see her reaction. She didn't react at all because it hadn't happened yet. She mentioned it briefly. Her show, her show did not look pre-taped because she did mention it, but she just really just spent no time on it whatsoever. And I do want to see her reaction. I want to get what she does because I think she will have a very strong reaction. Um, so I'm going to wait till I'm going to capture her tonight and combine it with whatever else I get from the five and do a, one of my crazy Twitter threads and do a podcast based on that. It will come out as soon as I can humanly possibly get it out. Um, it was very hard to have a deadline uh, such as this happen as breaking news was happening. It, it's happened to me a couple times. It's always brutal. Um, thank you so much for listening. My mascots, Odin and Thor, the cats of the podcast, also thank you. If you'd like to become a sponsor, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News, my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. There's a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter. You can donate that way. I am, again, 100% supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. Thank you so much, and I will see you at the next podcast. <laughs>